0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our remote UMW Westlake Village worship service this last Sunday of May. These are difficult days of of crisis and chaos with the ongoing health challenges of COVID 19 and the, the acute pain we are all feeling about our race relations here in America, acts of violence towards one another that have come to a boiling point over this weekend. May God help us, guide us to justice and peace, guide us to hope and to promise with one another for a better tomorrow with one another. We can do better Take a moment and think about this, where's the pathway through this mess that Jesus would walk, that Jesus would invite us to walk with him, to follow him through it, to change it. God calls us through Christ Jesus to be better to one another, If on this Pentecost Sunday, we let the Spirit infuse us and help lead us, we can find ourselves a better way with each other. A way of love that is made real in all our relationships, across all the characteristics that might seem to divide us. So through this worship, let us pray for that kind of impact of the spirit today in all of our lives, all across America, all across the world. It's Pentecost Sunday. The Sunday we celebrate the birth of the early church, the beginning of this movement that we are heirs to 20 centuries later. And guess what? Today is also our 50th anniversary Charter Sunday. That Sunday we celebrate the birth of our particular congregation here in Westlake Village. Today is a marvelous day. We are glad that you have joined us for worship. May it comfort and strengthen and encourage you this day for all the days that lie ahead.
1: Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary.
0: reading for this Pentecost Sunday from St. Paul, his first letter to the Corinthians. It speaks of our regard towards one another on this holy day of Pentecost and this special day of our charter Sunday. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are a variety of services but the same lord and there are varieties of activities but it is the same god who activates all of them in every one to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in the one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we were all made to drink of one spirit. We thank the Apostle Paul for his words pentecost and the sense that the early church had of it bears a tremendous witness to god's power and intention for this creation and god's children to move forward the events of easter into a new time for all a time of healing and transformation that ushers in God's peaceable kingdom in which love leads, grace abounds, justice rules. This is God's way. This is God's intention for us. The world has been pursuing these goals for a couple millenniums. We hope we are getting closer each generation. That is our prayer. Yet it is each generation's responsibility to embrace these goals and work with God's spirit to make them real in our lives. We here at UNCWV have been engaged in this holy and a lot of times fun endeavor for the last 50 years. And over these last nine months, we have been celebrating our golden anniversary with special speakers, with concerts, and a fun-filled gala. And though this pandemic's physical distancing has canceled some of our spring events, our celebratory spirit continues and we will launch into our future once we get back together on our campus. Some years ago, uh, 1985, a very special piece of music was created by two of our longtime, dear congregants, Jane Chapman and Bruce Vanderbalk, to celebrate the consecration of our then new sanctuary. Let's enjoy hearing it again now. And following it, welcome some words from Jeannie Severance, our 50th anniversary chairperson.
1: There is fire in the bosom of the church that stands, that stands on the cornerstone. And its flame is a beacon unto all the lands that no one walks alone. For a mighty comforter has shed his light and will lead them on their way. will lead his people through the darkest night to the breaking of the day. the church that stands, that stands on the cornerstone that is built on the rock by the master's plan. He will claim it for his own. There is peace in the bosom of the church that stands, that stands on the cornerstone that is formed and fashioned by the father's hands where the bread Sin He will claim it for his own. There is joy in the bosom of the church that stands, that stands on the cornerstone that is consecrated to the Lord's commands. He will claim.
2: off Sunday last September was a wonderful day. A day of worship, music, fun, and fellowship. And thanks to Walt's advanced planning, we were blessed to have Bishop Hagia join our celebration as our guest speaker. During worship, we had the joy of honoring our charter members. For five decades, these dear souls have engaged themselves and their families into the creation of this loving and caring church through their prayers, their presence, gifts, and service. While celebration events focused on our history, Walt and Rachel challenged us to prepare for the future, to set a course for a better life through The Way Forward and Shift Two, a five-chapter study for more effective ministries. Bishop Hagia's thought-provoking sermon left us with this question, What's your next act? We turn to our charter members for their thoughts and aspirations as we move into our next 50 years. I now share their words with you. Beverly Wilson challenges every member to find strength or interest in your life and channel it into a new gift to the church. You may want to start a new group or join an existing one or even invite your social groups to join in our church activities. If every one of you gets involved in activities beyond Sunday service, you truly will get to know the meaning of church. God wants to enrich our lives, but it starts with you. Betty Steeman stated, our celebration events have brought back a lot of great memories and friends that have returned for a short visit. I have been here since the beginning and have had the privilege of being a part of a developing church physically and spiritually, the sharing of our facilities with two congregations and growth that included the development of the surrounding community. As the wife of our first music director, I had a front row seat to the development of the music program. For many years, I have been a member of the Crafty Ladies. I believe in the work of our church to its members, our community, local and foreign missions, and will continue to support our church in the path it has taken as we are all children of God and should work together. Joni Donaldson relates that recently talking to a longtime member friend who has moved away, she mentioned needing to try and sum up in a few lines what this church has meant to her It just seemed impossible. Without hesitation, this friend said, Joni, the church has meant the world to you. And I guess that kind of says it all. Service, singing, support, sharing, and above all, loving. This is my church, and this is my world. Leroy Friel prays that in the next years, we do not run into anything that divides the church as what has happened to our church during the last couple of years. I pray that we can get our membership up to the level so that we can pay all of our budget, including apportionments. Whatever we do, we should ask, what would Jesus do? Malachi 310 reads, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me on this, says the Lord Almighty, And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. If you do not tithe, do the following. Calculate the percentage of giving. When you receive a raise, give 1% more to the church. After a while, you will be at 10%. Remember, all that you have belongs to God, and all he is asking is for a little back. Glenda Chunko prays that our church will continue to be a place for spiritual support and comfort for all and find ways to ensure that everyone will be a part of a caring and loving congregation. I hope in the future there will be an increase in activities to help care for others in our community, country, and world. Final words come from John Chehorn whose family was in the first group of charter members taken into membership on September 14, 1969 by Bishop Gerald Kennedy. John says, charting a future course for our church in today's challenging times is as important today as 50 years ago. At that time, we were seeking to establish a church family while trying to understand the horrors of the Vietnam War. Today, we are faced with a pandemic requiring us to change our daily lives and behaviors to keep us and others safe. The church provides a foundation of faith and fellowship that shows each of our members that we are not alone. Just as important, the church keeps us mindful of the abundance in our lives in both spirit and resources and allows us to help others. To provide a sense of purpose and comfort is why we love our church family and the reason the United Methodist Church will continue to flourish in the next 50 years. 50 years ago, I did not understand why my parents were so insistent that I and my siblings join the church. Today, the church helps me center myself and find God. In just a few moments, you will hear Jane Chapman's choral response, an anthem she has written entitled, Let Love Lead.
3: Join me in a moment of prayer. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here and in every one of our worshiping locations, our family rooms, bedrooms, dining rooms, and so on. We ask that you come flood all of our places and fill the atmosphere. On this Pentecost Sunday, we remember the gift of the Holy Spirit, the rush of the violent wind, the tongues of fire resting upon the disciples, inspiring them to go out in the community for good and transformation. (sighs) Almighty God, we acknowledge that there is violence and fires that do not feel like they come from you right now. We know there is unrest in our nation, We are struggling to breathe with the systemic issues that are facing our nation that we need to figure out how to address. Lord, I believe that we are all uncomfortable at this moment. For some of us, it is a discomfort for a season as we have reached a tipping point that has caused those who have been in discomfort for decades, centuries, To take a stand and speak out, stir all of us from placidness to seek your kingdom here on earth. Bring about your beloved community that sees faces different than our own as our neighbor and part of your family, our family. Ignite a fire within us to seek justice, address the differing levels of discomfort and stand alongside those who are calling for change. Finding a balance is crucial, O Lord, those who usurp power need to be held accountable while honoring all of those that take their duties and responsibilities seriously. Help us not paint other the other with the broad strokes of generalizations. Our first responders largely are individuals who want to uphold the law and keep our community safe. Watch over and protect them. For those who misuse their authority, help us to bring their sins to light. Most protesters are striving to be peaceful and calling for justice. For those who use this time of protest to loot and set fire, hold them accountable for their actions. Deaths of civilians asking for air is inexcusable peacekeepers stabbed, run down, or killed in an act of protest is unacceptable. All of these acts speak to an underlying issue of division and divisiveness in our nation. Help us to address the systemic racism that plagues our communities. Inspire us to look within ourselves to root out the hatred, fear, and misunderstandings that we have so that we can see each other as the beloved child of God that you created. This Pentecost Sunday, Lord, we need a new stirring of the Holy Spirit, one that seeks to be your witness in the world, one that lets love lead to shine your light. As we pray for our nation and our world, we have these prayers that are a little closer to home. We pray for John Gentry as he recovers from his emergency appendectomy earlier this week. We pray for our confirmands who were supposed to be confirmed today, but we are waiting until we can be gathered back together as one body to do this act, this rite, this rite of passage for them, that they might know how the church supports them. We honor the work that they've already done and celebrate with them the efforts that they have made. We pray for everyone who is impacted by COVID-19, those who are struggling with health issues, those of us that desire to have our communities reopen And balancing that with the tension of keeping our community safe. Be with those that are discerning the best course of actions. That they might listen to your spirit so that we might embrace the call to love you, to do good, and to do no harm. We pray for Sue Lynn Harwig as she continues to wrestle with her depression. We join Steve Flangberg in lifting up prayers for his son, Michael, uh, who is dealing with gastrointestinal issues. We hold Barbara Stone in prayer as she uh, prepares for surgery this week to remove melanoma from her calf. We join with Jim and Diane Lawson as they pray for the safety and well-being of their grandson, Tim Cavanaugh, of the LA Sheriff Department and his father, Captain Thomas Cavanaugh of the LA Fire Department, along with all of the first responders who were called to the riots and fires in Los Angeles and throughout the, li- the nation last night. Lord, watch over your children. Help us to see where you are guiding and directing us and help us to live in the truth and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We have a special treat that's coming up right now. We had a special piece of music that was written for our 50th, or the celebration of our 50th um, anniversary of our chartering. And uh, Jane Chapman wrote the lyrics. Bruce Vandervalk arranged the piece called Let Love Lead. And here's the debut of Let Love Lead.
4: Amen.
3: Thank you, Jane, Tom, Russ, Susan, and Gloria for singing that piece that was written for an entire choir. You did a wonderful job at bringing it to life, and we look forward to the day that we can hear it sung as it was meant to be sung sometime in the future. Today in worship, we are welcoming Reverend Jim Powell, who is our North District Superintendent as our preacher. He has chosen this scripture for our hearing today. Acts 2, verses 1 through 13. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other languages as the spirit gave them ability now they were devout jews from every na- or there were devout jews from every nation under heaven living in jerusalem and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each of them heard them speaking in the native language of each amazed and astonished they asked Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome. Both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages we hear them speak about God's deeds and power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But the others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
5: Good morning all of you at Westlake Village United Methodist Church and for those that are listening all over the country and some around the world. We give you um, such great thanks for being a part of this worship service today and I'm honored and privileged to be a part of the 50th anniversary of the Westlake Village United Methodist Church. It's kind of a 50th sort of day. It's the 50th day after Passover, which means that we are celebrating Pentecost today, the birth of the church. We're celebrating your 50 years. We're celebrating my 60th birthday. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on here, but we are so grateful that God has been with us through all of these challenges. Kind of a golden anniversary, isn't it? And yet we find ourselves in conditions, maybe even by this day, that we're still asked to stay safe at home and we cannot gather in our sanctuaries as we would like to we cannot uh, give hugs to those who need it the most and I can't hold my grandchildren the way I would love to at these in these days as well but I do know that we're together and this 50th for you is a great celebration of where you've come from and where you're going just think about all the families that started your church there in that area which was a much smaller place back 50 years ago Think of all of the families that have been born in your church, the children who have been baptized, and those that have been raised up as disciples of Jesus Christ, and to also think about how many of those people have gone on to serve the world because your discipleship and their call to serve God around the world has been on their hearts. We are grateful for all who have come before us. But Pentecost is a day for the church also to celebrate its birth and also to carry forward the message that Jesus intended for us to share with the world. The Holy Spirit and the power that came upon those disciples in those days. One of my favorite stories of all time about Pentecost is about a pastor who wanted to do something spectacular in his sanctuary. So he came to the church with his nine-year-old son who brought his yellow tabby cat because this was important for him to do as well. And as they walked through the sanctuary and put red ribbons and pyramids around the congregation, around the sanctuary, he showed his son this secret passageway in the ceiling that led to a panel that they would remove. And at Christmas, they would hang the star from there. And he said to his son, tomorrow morning, I'm gonna be preaching. And when I come to the part that says... And the Holy Spirit came down. You're gonna open the panel. You're gonna take this live dove that we have bought and you're going to release her down into the sanctuary and the, she will fly around and she will be over the tops of people's heads. It'll be great. His son said, got it, dad, I'm ready. And so the next day comes. His son is in the attic. He gets to that point of the sermon and the Holy Spirit came down. But the panel didn't move. No sound no dove. So the preacher, the father said, and the the Holy Spirit came down and still nothing. And then the third time he yelled, and the Holy Spirit came down. And the panel moves and the little boy's head pops through and he says, our big yellow cat just ate the Holy Spirit. And so as the congregation laughs and Father, pastor is kind of aghast at this, and the little boy thinks. And the next thing you know, out through the opening comes this big, fat, yellow cat. Now, I'll leave it there. The story has never been finished, and that's what I love about it. It's kind of like the great, kind of spectacular things that we would like to see, like that great rushing wind that filled the home that day as they gathered together like the tongues of fire which divided up and landed over each one of their heads. This is marvelous stuff, makes great movies. But you know, for us today, the power of the Holy Spirit may not be that, well, maybe maybe not that tangible or even for some of us not that real because we think that somehow the Holy Spirit is this uh, miracle spirit that moves amongst us and brings great healing to people. Well, it does. But most of us are looking for the sensationalism of the world when God is actually working on our hearts. And the Holy Spirit is the power to love and to forgive and to bind us together. This is not very much different from this birth of the church so many years ago in ancient Israel. Our COVID-19 lockdown and stay at home has been for us very similar to what happened to the disciples when they ran in fear from what would happen to them if they came out into the public and spoke about Jesus Christ who had been crucified. And they were still wrapping their minds around the resurrection and what that meant. In fact, for the 40 days that Jesus went out and talked to people as the resurrected Christ, showed him his hands and his feet, ate with them, gave uh, his life for them even after the resurrection, before his ascension so that they could believe. The disciples were sure trying to piece it together but he did promise that the Holy Spirit would come that the comforter would come the counselor would come let's look at the text this purpose of Pentecost as Luke has recorded it for us is a continuation of the gospel of Luke into the book of Acts it is the birth of the church it is Pentecost because it's 50 days after the Passover not after Easter And it demarks in the calendar for us a time in which the church could celebrate its rebirth. I've always thought it was interesting that Pentecost was the first holiday of the church that was not tucked underneath or behind a pagan holiday. Even Easter itself is after the the goddess of fertility, Esther. And so this day really is where the church claims its own and claims that the world belongs to God. There they were in the upper room, this day of Pentecost. They were all together in one place. So there they were safely at home, at least the home that they had chosen. These 12 now had elected their 12th, was together in prayer, they were sharing meals, they were trying to figure out what was next. And all of a sudden, there's this sound like a violent wind, a description some people have when an earthquake or a tornado comes. This sound was apparently so much of a sound that it filled not only their home, but it filled the countryside. People heard it from all over, and they were not done. This was the beginning of what the next step was. So hiding was not really going to be an option. And then the tongues come and light upon each of their heads, giving them this utterance of a language that wasn't theirs. Dialects that were from all over, not only Israel, that was full of people from all over the 12 tribes and beyond, there they find themselves in this new reality. As they're speaking the gospel to each other and they can understand only what they're saying in a new language, then people start to hear about this. The the Holy Spirit drives them out of the house, even though it's not described for us in Acts 2. But we know that they are engaging the community. So, god-fearing Jews from every nation is present. They're gathering to the sound of the wind that also calls them. And then they show up and then they can hear their their own language being spoken by these Galileans. All of the story within this text has to do with us getting outside of ourselves and outside of our homes. A world view of the church. You know, we're practicing social distancing. Wesley encouraged us to practice social holiness where everybody matters, where all people count. This is the power of the Holy Spirit moving through us. And I think the miracle that day was not so much in the speaking of the different dialects and languages. It was more in the hearing of the gospel. It was a miracle of people finding that they too belonged. And so many were hearing this, they were so amazed at these Galileans, the lowest of the class of Jews, not quite as bad as the Samaritan, but certainly not like the aristocracies that lived in and around Jerusalem. The location to the temple was a geographic variant between those that were considered higher Jews. They were the ones who were taught by the Sadducees. They were the ones who attended the temple and came into near the Holy of Holies on a daily basis. These other Jews that were from Galilee and um, parts of the northern part of Israel today, these were Jews that were considered to be less educated and less important. As I look at the COVID-19 situation and the pandemic that maybe by May 31st we're on the downward slope, but let's just say, that our understanding of the classes of people in the United States has never been more evident than it is right now. The amount of people that are dying in poorer communities because of population dens- density or lack of health care, for all of the reasons that we might have separated ourselves today as educated people, these people who lived in Israel had made it into a part of their religion. Some were worthy and some were not. So the miracle of hearing was that they were hearing it from people that were below them. The miracle of the Holy Spirit that day was that love was for the whole world, that the person of Jesus came for all. Just thinking about Pentecost and how the church has changed gives me some hope that maybe the church was born that day, but the church has been reborn in 2020 in our lives and in our denomination. Think about how the power of the Holy Spirit descended on them gently, but what came from them was an urgency to not live in fear, but to move out beyond their walls. You know, there's gonna be a day here soon where we're gonna have to leave our homes and get back into the rhythms of what the new life is, what the new rhythms of the church is. I know many of us, including some of you, are saying, Boy, I can't wait to get back in that sanctuary. And yet, worship attendance in United Methodist churches across not only the United States, but across the world has raised 50, 75, 100%. Some would say that it's gone much further than that. Giving is up. And the church became younger overnight. We have more young adults and youth who are listening to worship services, who are interacting in our youth groups, and who are actively involved within their church themselves. They may not show up on a Sunday morning through the door, but they're watching worship services, they're participating in Bible studies, they're running the technology that many of us are using today. A rebirth of the church also means that we have to recalibrate what we think about other people. The thing that has changed the most is we've realized that we're all human beings and nobody can escape a virus that is unseen and a virus that may mutate and come again. We have no control over these things and therefore as the church, where do we have control? We have control over our prayer life and the way in which we interact with this Holy Spirit that does not see man or woman, rich or poor, does not see somebody from a different Ethnicity or culture as being any less than you or me. It's the great equalizer, in a sense, to have a virus that takes the whole world and places it in a pandemic. Nobody is going to be unscathed by this either, either businesses that we have frequented or maybe businesses we own. Family members that have become ill and recovered and family members of ours that will not recover from this, not in the life we would want. I think this is the way for God not to cause what happened, but for God to use the power of this and the power of the Holy Spirit to integrate into our life the rebirth of the church. That is the best way for Westlake Village to celebrate 50 years. Lord, you got us this far. We can't wait to see what you're gonna do with us in the next 50 years. No, God didn't cause it to happen. And God is not punishing us for some cosmic mistake that we have made individually or as the church. Let me just close with this story. When I was in high school, my five brothers were actively involved in scouting and my younger brother, Bob, went all the way to be an Eagle Scout, actually. But they were going to take a trip over Labor Day weekend to the Colorado River, a canoeing trip, and they asked my dad to be a chaperone. Well, I wanted to go. I mean, we were going to take our old boat, uh, a bow rider, and we were going to trailer it down there, and we were going to be alongside the scouts as they were going down the river. And I just imagined myself behind the wheel with my dad in the boat. I thought, you know, maybe my dad and I would spend some time together. Well, that all happened, except I had to lie to my employer about going to work. I called in sick for the first time in my life, and the last time, by the way. And I said, I gotta go. I'm sorry. uh, No, I mean, I have to stay. I mean, I'm not feeling well. (laughs) You know, it was really a great performance for a 17-year-old. But my dad said, if that's what you choose to do and not tell the truth to your employer, that's on you. Well, that hung over me, and I thought, as a believer at 17, my dad wasn't a churchgoer. He believed in God somewhere, but he wasn't involved in the church. And here I was thinking, I'm not being a great example from my dad and what it means to be a true Christian, but I wanted to go. So we hopped in the truck, towing the boat, drove to the river, put it in. The first day, it went just fine. Second day, we were going down the river next to the canoes. There was Labor Day weekend on Colorado River. People are dressed and not so dressed. Uh, There was a lot going on, and all of a sudden, we wanted to run ahead and see if we could find a place for them to set in for lunch. Well, we zipped ahead, and I was following uh, what's called a jet boat, and for those of you that are not into boating, that's a boat that only drafts about six inches. Well, we had an old outdrive, and I'm chasing this jet boat across the sandbars, and boom. We went from 35 to zero in about three feet. Tore the outdrive off the back of the boat. My dad, who was standing between the windshields while I was driving, he was propelled forward at 35 miles an hour, caught both knees on the bow of the boat, tumbled into the water and disappeared. I slammed into the windshield. I really thought I was dead. I thought my dad was dead, and I knew if he was alive, he was gonna kill me. So There was really not a good option here other than to just yell out for him and wonder what was going on and had a little bit of a cut and actually we all survived, Uh, not the boat. So we floated it into this little outlet. My dad flagged down a ranger on Labor Day weekend, begged him to take him to the Imperial Dam parking lot because that's where the truck and the trailer had been dropped off for us with no marker as to where it was. Five, six, seven hours went away. went by and by the time my dad found the trailer somebody had stripped all of the wood bunks off of it had taken our um, our lights off the trailer it had been stripped clean my dad got back to where i was about 10 o'clock at night we we got some old wood off of the side of the river and we rebuilt a trailer enough to get the boat on it we found an indian or a native american reservation for us to try to get a meal at midnight and to stay over. And by the way, it's 105 degrees through this whole ordeal. Mosquitoes are eating us alive. It was not a great day. I remember my dad saying before we fell asleep that night, well, it's getting better, and tomorrow is a new day. Well, I thought that was kind of profound for my dad and i remember it clearly because i was thinking here i am a person who believes in the resurrection of jesus christ here i believe in the power of the holy spirit here i believe in celebrating every year in pentecost the flame that came and the flame that gave us this utterance of the good news not only for us but for the whole world the next morning was a better day none of the scouts were injured we did find them all we put them back in the truck and on the way home i was thinking God, did you punish me for this? Am I punished? Did all this happen because uh, I had lied about coming to the river? Uh, no, we made some bad decisions. I made a terrible decision. I almost killed my dad. But did we, in fact, on that boat get closer to each other after teenage years of father and son kind of battles and arguments? Yeah, My dad and I were never closer, I think, than that night when nothing went right. My dad and I have told that story for years until he passed away nine years ago. Now, uh, that story got better every time I told it. Uh, The speed was faster. His flight was longer. The horrible things that happened got worse. The heavenly father that we have is interested in us having an abundant life, is ready to heal, the mistakes that we make, but not prevent them. God will not stop a pandemic, but a God will, in fact, be the one who is with us now through the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to love and to forgive, the power to get past classism and racism, the power for God to sustain us in ways we had not even imagined, and the power of the Holy Spirit that has rebirthed our church in so many ways. May the next 50 years May the next 50 years be empowered years for us as servants of Christ in the world in which we live. Let me pray. God, none of the things that you do for us we deserve and none of the miracles of healing or hearing your gospel in our own language and our own hearts is something that we can earn, but we know that you've freely given it to us all. We thank you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
3: We come to the time in our worship where we have the opportunity to share our offering with God, both monetarily and personally. What can we do to take that gift of the Holy Spirit and allow it to do something new within us? And then give of our resources so that we might continue to build God's kingdom here on earth. We receive the gift of music as we are informed of the variety of ways in which we can give to the church to further the kingdom.
0: During these celebratory months, we've looked backwards and honored that which brought us to this day. And we've looked forward, seeking to discern how we might move forward into our future, setting a course for a better life. Recently, it has become clear that our future will have unique challenges due to the ongoing impact of COVID-19 virus upon our gatherings. We have discovered how important online accessibility to and support of our worship experience are for all of us. This virtual church effort has been a big part of what has helped us along these months. We want to increase our capability to do this well, especially as the physical distancing requirements ease, yet many of us stay sequestered at home for their health. To this end, the Finance Committee and the Trustees Committee are asking our members to embrace a special appeal to better equip our sanctuary with media projection, video recording, and live stream internet presenting capabilities. You will be receiving materials in the mail that further describe this invitation to strengthen our worship ministries in this regard. When you do, it is our prayerful hope that you would respond generously so that we might reach the $40,000 goal. The future has arrived, and we need to fully be ready to embrace it and thrive with it. So please, prayerfully and generously respond to this special appeal when it arrives in your mail. We hope this service has been a blessing to you. May God's comforting, equipping, and encouraging spirit be with all of you, helping you to face the challenges of this day so that you might be able to let love lead. As more and more of our future opens for us, we know that we go there with God to set a course for a better life, while becoming a blessing to others. In a few minutes, we will look forward to welcoming you to our virtual fellowship time. Be safe, stay healthy, know that you are loved. Go in peace, amen.